For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Football won't be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for your sports betting needs. Head over to the website and use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Right to Olympic coverage, it's the best in the business. From sports, right down to your your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. BetterHelp is accustomed to online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Eagles Unfiltered listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Eagles. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Eagles, E-A-G-L-E-S. Take the time out, get your mental health in the right state of mind, and go to BetterHelp.com and get 10% off your first month by just listening to this podcast. That's BetterHelp.com slash Eagles. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. Hurts, Ethan, first down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Eagles Unfiltered. This is an emergency pod episode. Co-host Connor Miles with my co-host Ed Kras, as always. And as always, the show is powered by BetOnline.ag. You go to BetOnline.ag and bet during this March Madness right now. Get rich with us and the rest of the Believe Podcast Network that powers this show. Uh, go ahead and use our promo code Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and you'll get up to 50%, 50% matching on your initial deposit. March Madness, NFL Draft, anything you want to bet about, betonline.ag has it right now. Head on over to that site. And also, we are powered by BetterHelp Online. That's BetterHelp. Go head over there.com slash Eagles for 10% off your first month of online therapy with licensed therapists presented by the Eagles on Filter podcast. Guys, the Eagles made a huge trade today. Huge trade. Like highway robbery type of trade that I'm talking. I, I when I read the notification from Adam Schefter and Ian, Ian Rappaport, I said, oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe the Eagles put off this trade. Uh, what, what? I already know what the Saints are thinking. Uh, the Eagles get 
the 18th pick this year from the Saints, 18th overall, 101 pick in the third round, 237th overall, 2023rd first. Something that we always thought the Eagles were going to get. Always talked about them getting. And not only that, just a 2024th second, which is really great. Really great. Bravo. Bravo to Howie Roseman. And this is this is exactly why, Ed, I'm always going to take the good and the bad with Howie Roseman. This is why I always talk about it. People say, why don't you criticize him enough? You you sound like you're a Howie fan. Or, it, you know, there there is some bad moments with him. I, I fully admit it. And every GM has some bad moves. But when you take the good with the bad with this guy, I mean, playoffs, what are the four out of the five last years? Uh, these types of trades that he's making with the Dolphins and the Saints. He's uh, Chris Greer and Mickey Loomis have been spanked by this guy when it comes to draft trades. Absolutely spanked, embarrassed for what they've been giving up in these compensations when talking in high Roseman. Uh, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, in my opinion. Ed. I mean, ha- bravo to Howie. Uh, if you don't feel confident in Jalen Hurts long-term and you want to give him at least one year to prove it to himself, this is the best way to do it. Set up that insurance policy next year. You're not that high on this quarterback class. You've done a ton of due diligence. A ton of due diligence on the uh, its current quarterback class. Go ahead in that 2023 class. I know everybody's saying, you know, it's tough to get a uh, CJ Stroud. It's tough to get a Bryce Young and guarantee that. But at least you have the ammunition to get in the conversation. If you don't get the first overall pick, you don't get the second overall pick, you don't get the third overall pick. To acquire that pick. And if not, you're even in this Ed, this quarterback carousel in the NFL where NF quarterbacks are just deciding, I want to go to a different team. You know, I don't want to play with you anymore. Like the, the movement in, the, in this league when it comes to quarterback, uh, the Eagles are now players in that field as well. And if if Jalen Hurts has a magical season this year, you have ammunition for next year. But to me, in my opinion, Ed, looking at this trade, uh, the Eagles clearly want to be players in the 2023 quarterback market. Uh, what were your initial takeaways when you heard this trade announced? Well, I had to look at it twice, to be honest with you. When the <laughs> Eagles confirmed the deal, I had to look at it and I scratched my head because, you know, really it's another Howie heist, to be honest. That's what I'm calling it, another Howie heist. Uh, he did it to the uh, Colts last year. He got a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. He was able to make a deal with the Dolphins to get their first-round pick to move back six spots, and now he pulls off this where, you know, this was a, a – this is a pretty complex deal. There's eight draft picks involved here. Um, you know, the Eagles are still have two first round picks. We all know he wasn't going to make three picks in the first round. He didn't want to, but I thought it would be a little more complicated and would take a little bit more time to hammer out a deal where he's going to get a first round pick in 2023. And if you look at the Saints, I mean, this is a team that that draft pick could be, you know, top 10, top 15, maybe higher uh, because they have a tough schedule. They don't have a quarterback. Now, I'm assuming that's why Mickey Loomis, the Saints general manager, made this trade is because he's not done yet. He wants to get up into the top 10 and take a quarterback that he's in love with, whether that's Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or Matt Corral, whoever it might be. That has to be the other shoe to drop. Otherwise, this is a heist of the of the highest order because – The Eagles get their first round pick in 2023. They get a second round pick in 2024. That is so much ammunition that if Hertz does falter, they're going to make a move. 
if he doesn't falter, then you have a lot of ammunition to do whatever you want with. Pick more players, trade around, trade into the 2024 draft. But uh, right now for the Eagles, uh, just a huge move. And they picked up a fourth – or I'm sorry, it's a third-round pick. The Saints gave them mm-hmm. a third-round pick in this draft. So they really the Saints gave up you know, a first-round pick in 2023, a second-round pick in 2024, and a third-round pick just to acquire – the 16th and 19th picks, which was really one draft pick because they gave up one pick. Uh, You know, they gave up their 18th pick. So really the Saints gave up all that for one first round pick. I mean, that to me is just ludicrous. And now here the Eagles are. They still have two first round picks. They have an extra third round pick. They had five picks in the top 100 coming into the draft. And now coming out of this trade, they have five picks in the top 101 which is crazy, and they're still making two picks in the first round. What I think this does, you know, is it gives Howie even more ammunition to perhaps trade back into the second round if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. He's got two-thirds and three-fifths. Uh, I don't think he's done. I think he can move up in the first round even and still have two picks in the first round. He can move up to the Jets at number 10 if he wants. There's been talk of that happening with Joe Douglas, the Jets wanting to move back. Now he has so much more optionality. And there's still three-plus weeks to go before the draft. I did not see this coming down the pike until closer to the draft. Maybe even on draft day would they have made a move like this. But here we are, three weeks out, and the and the Eagles have plenty more ammunition to work with. I was just going to say, like, it, another draft trade that you never saw coming from the Eagles. This happens routinely with Howie now. Yeah. I mean, he's just bending these guys over backwards. <laughs> I can't believe it, Ed. But I mean, from the initial look to this trade, though, uh, the confidence level in Hertz has to be, you know, you have to temper it now. I think if you're an Eagles fan, even if you're the biggest Hertz supporter, you now you have to think they're doing this for a reason. I mean, they don't just do this if they're that confident in the guy as much as they say. Well, it's an insurance policy for them. I mean, this, this strong insurance policy. Just like went uh, Hurts when they drafted him in the second round, it was an insurance policy against Carson Wentz. I mean, this, this is a business, the NFL. And if I, if you think Jalen Hurts is going to be impacted by this, I, you know, think again. He's too strong-minded. He just cares about getting better, and I think he's going to have a good season. And that's going to put the Eagles. Maybe they, maybe they trade Hurts and get more ammunition. I mean, listen, like I said, optionality, but I don't think this is going to impact Hurts in any single way. This is what it. This is what the NFL is all about. And now you're seeing it at the college level. If a player isn't happy, they can enter the transfer portal and go somewhere else. I mean, that, you know, now you're seeing more business in college too, but this is the way it is in the NFL. Unless you're deemed a franchise quarterback and there's not many of those out there, yeah, you're going to you're going to look to make yourself better at every position including quarterback. So, to me, it's a big insurance policy. No bigger though than when the Eagles took Hurts with the 53rd overall pick in 2020, 20, in 2020 to hedge their bets against Carson Wentz getting hurt again. So nothing more, nothing less. That's what this is. That's how Hurts has to view it. It's still his team, and he can continue to make it his team if he shows great improvement and takes this Eagle team to another level in 22. So, you know what? I've been looking at this 2023 quarterback class. It's not just. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I'm not sure how much you've looked into it, but uh, I know you know the Penn State, so maybe you know this guy. Will Levi's, the Kentucky quarterback. Yeah. That dude reminds me of Jay Cutler. He zips it. 
he has a live arm. Um, Anthony Richardson, quarterback in Florida right now, he looks like mini cam. This is yeah. a re- there's a reason why the Eagles were like, you know what? Uh, we'll pass on this 22 quarterback class. I know what the reputation is for about it, but there is some prospects there. But they said, nah, <laughs> we want to have ammunition for that 2023 quarterback class. It's not just Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. I think that's what a lot of fans are stuck on. They're saying, why are you making? I mean, I don't say nobody's saying, why are you making this move? This is a robbery of a trade, but they're saying, why are you banking on the fact that you can get CJ Stroud and, and Bryce Young? And I, I don't think they are. I think they know that there's other options out there in the quarterback class that are very talented. I, I implore everybody to go look up Anthony Richardson, go look at his size, go watch his highlights for Florida last year. Uh, they're just figuring out now that Emory Jones isn't the guy and Andrew Anthony Richardson is as they rightfully should. Uh, he's going to have a huge season this year, probably going to put himself on a huge NFL radar if he ever hasn't already with his uh, physical imposing size. And then Will Levi, as I know for sure, this season at Kentucky, if you can cut down the uh, the interceptions, this guy's going to get drafted, but he's the second coming of Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler was a top 10 pick uh, when he was drafted, maybe not a top 10 pick, but he was still regarded as a top 10 uh, pick at the time when he was drafted and a great quarterback for the Chicago Bears and Denver Broncos. Uh, that's something that I would like uh, I would take a, I would take a Jay Cutler caliber quarterback for Philadelphia. Um, Will Levi's that's who he reminds me of. I know Penn State fans out there already know who he is, but he's he's turned a whole different level with Kentucky. He looks like an NFL caliber quarterback. There's some guys in that class for sure, not just Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Obviously, we're gonna hope for those guys. <laughs> There's some options. They do have like Ed saying optionality, man. It's gonna be great. I can't yeah, wait. I, I haven't looked at the 23 class. I, Bryce Young to me, I mean. I haven't looked at, but he's only like six foot, 190 pounds. He's a small dude, man. I, I don't know how that's going to translate to the NFL. Oh, don't say that, Ed. Come I, on. I, I seen, know. Listen, seen, and that's so, we're so far ahead of ourselves talking about that. I mean, and it's Will Levis is how you pronounce that kid's name. from Levis, yeah, Levis. Yeah. Levis, yeah. Levis. Will Levis, very good. They also have Marcus Williams, maybe, the kid that started at Oklahoma. He's from Maryland. Went to Oklahoma, and now he transferred to USC. Maybe he's in. Spencer Rattler. yeah. I, I mean, there, there's guys out there, but, you know, I, we're, we're way ahead of ourselves. If we stay in the present now and look at what the Eagles have in 2022, and they blew up all our mock drafts, right? I mean, I'm going to try oh to – Oh, my God, some- I dropped it yesterday. <laughs> I mean, and, and again, I, I mean it, – it, Hey, I'm not going to lie, though. I, nothing changes in my first round. Yeah. I take the same guys I took in my first two picks, Gary Wilson and Devontae Wyatt. I'd still take them there if I had to redo this mock already. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to put one together real quick tonight. And, you know, that's really the way to do these, because, you know, you can spend three, four, five days a whole week trying to hammer out what the Eagles are going to do in a mock draft if you want to do it right. And sometimes it's so hard to make a decision as to what to do. If you just sit down two hours, bam, and knock it out. And that's what I'm going to try to do, you know, later or maybe post it Monday night or Tuesday morning. But, you know, I think I really think Jamison Williams is in play in the first round. You know, he's had the injury, but, you know, the Eagles still have Jalen Rager. They signed Zach Paschal. You don't need a receiver to come in right out of the gate and and start for this team. I mean, you oh, have I'm taking that risk any day. In place. Yeah. I, I, Williams, I think, is the best receiver or has the most upside in this class. And if you have to wait a month to get him on the field and then develop him as the rest of the season goes on, so be it. Next year he comes back in if, if Hurts is still the quarterback or they have another quarterback – Williams is ready to go and, and be the number one or the number two behind Devontae Smith, however you want to call it. But I think Williams, to me, he's already running. He's already doing things. He tore his ACL in January. They drafted Landon Dickerson in the second round after he tore his ACL just a few weeks before Williams did. 
you know, I, I really think they're going to go Jamison Williams in the first round and some D tackle, probably Wyatt. I'm in, I'm in the corner with that one. Cause I think Jordan Davis will be gone. If Davis is there, yeah. bam, you jump on Jordan Davis. If Jermaine Johnson's there, the edge rusher from Florida state at pick 15, you jump on him probably. Uh, or if somebody starts to slip and here we go again with the optionality If someone like a, a uh, Kyle Hamilton starts to slip because of his 40 time wasn't good or someone like a sauce gardener begins to slip and you think, you know what, let's go get him. We have three fifths. We have two thirds. We have a fourth, you know, we, we can trade away a third next year if we have to, because we have two firsts and two seconds. I mean, now you have all sorts of balls in the air that if you're Howie and as, as the draft starts to unfold, you can go get guys, you can move up and get somebody if one of them starts to slip. So, uh, again, I don't want to look too far ahead to the class of 2023 quarterbacks because I want to stay in the present with this deal. Uh, and, and I think this the present gives the Eagles a lot of options. You know, I'm loving this talk right now. I'm so excited for this draft. The, the options of just having multiple picks in multiple years of this draft, you know, it's like I said in the mock draft, it seems like the plan for the Eagles isn't worrying about what they need in the present. It's what they need long term to build, you know, an Andy Reid type error with this coaching staff. It seems like. Yeah. And listen, you talk about giving Howie credit. Let's let's think when they won the Super Bowl in 2017, they admit they tried to run it back. They only had five draft picks in 2018. They only had five picks in 2019. And that wasn't, you know, but that's because they, they traded away some to try to make something work to keep that Super Bowl window open. It didn't stay open after 2019. Alshon Jeffrey drops that pass. Uh, against the Saints and it's intercepted. Otherwise, I think the Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl. Um, I think it was 2018. But anyway, they wanted to keep that window open as long as they could. So they didn't have the draft capital because they had traded some of it away. They only had five picks and five picks. And Howie said, you know what? The key to turning this around is getting more draft picks. Because the more you have, the greater the hit rate becomes. You know, it lessens your miss rate a little bit. You can afford the miss on a few. And that's what he's done. He's brought in draft picks. He had what, 10 in 2020 or nine? And I'm sorry, 20, yeah, 2020. And he had 10 last year in 21. He's got 10 this year in 22. I mean, that's how you turn a team around. And mm-hmm. if you can have another draft like they did last year when they brought in several starters, in my opinion, you know, you could throw Milton Williams in there as a starter, Kenny Gainwell, perhaps. I mean, these guys have the ability to be starters. When And then you factor in Smith, obviously, and Dickerson, uh, uh, starters already. Uh, maybe Zach McPherson finds his way into the starting lineup because they're still looking at the, you know that cornerback situation across from Slay. If you have another draft like that in 2022, and then you have you know two firsts and two seconds in 23, then now you know you're looking at if they do it right and draft correctly and evaluate correctly and make more right moves, you could be looking at a Super Bowl champion by 2024. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know. You saying Sauce Gardner at 10 made a lot of leeway with people on the internet. A lot of people saw that. I, Because I, you know, it is true. I was like, there's no way he's going to get to 10. I mean, you don't know. You don't, you really don't know. I love when everybody gets this crystal ball, myself included. I'm I'm guilty of this. I do this for people too. I'm like, yeah, no, he's not going to be there. <laughs> like, yeah. It's interesting though, the Shamus and Williams, Williamson point that you're bringing up. Uh, I'm not worried about his injury at all. AC, uh, he has a very recoverable injury. You know, yeah. shout out to the blue meaning. Obviously, I'm wearing his shirt today that he sent me. I really appreciate you, my big guy. 
Uh, but he said something on this episode that he passed it with Giovanni that I was like, you know what? That's actually a really good philosophy. He, I, he should email Howie this. Stick with the formula of drafting from Alabama. <laughs> the big schools. Stick. No, I'm, I'm not even kidding. No. Like, I, you know, I used to think that's a joke. Like, you could find talent anywhere. But, I mean, you're kind of failing doing it at, like, the Big Ten level. Definitely failed at the Pac-12. <laughs> Stick yeah. with the, you know, the SEC guys. Okay. The Devontae Smith that ended up being your best player on offense, mm-hmm. uh, weapon-wise. Excuse me, I'm not going to take away from Kelsey or Mulata or anybody else. Weapon-wise. Leonard Dickerson was the top 12 left guard in the NFL last year. I mean, you're getting these NFL-ready guys. Your team has a lot of holes. You're depending on these draft picks. Uh, if I'm to, I, I understand where you're going with this. Jamison Williams, he, dude, he reminds me of uh, Tyreek Hill. I mean, you're telling me you can get a Tyreek Hill-type weapon for the Eagles without giving up five draft picks? Hell yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. So, of course, I'm down for that. And Traylon Burks, my first, the yeah. first pick I made for the first mock draft. I'm a big fan of him as well. Yeah. I went with Garrett Wilson this time for a specific reason. That reason being is people are going to – kill me for this or at least hold me to this but this isn't what i mean by this whatsoever but how he plays the receiver position reminds me of how jihandri hopkins plays the receiver position he's not going to kill you with his physical size but he's going to beat you no matter what he's a physical imposing threat he's the type of guy that's going to bail out his quarterback when he makes bad throws when he's not accurate enough Mm -hmm. uh deandre hopkins did that for years before deshaun watson got to houston he's kind of doing for kyler murray now as he develops in arizona uh that's the type of wide receiver that I was aiming for. And Traylon Burks can be that as well. We all love Traylon Burks. But that's the reason why I took Garrett Wilson. And then that openly campaigning for the Eagles that he pretty much said. I know he was an Eagles fan as well. But uh makes me feel like when you're meeting with these teams, you get a certain vibe. And when a player talks that highly as he did about the Eagles organization, clearly he's feeling some type of vibe. I would definitely understand drafting him. Um, but again, I, I, I you can't really go that wrong with me. I, I, you can. If you go... If you go on Drake London, you you would go wrong for me. I, I don't want Drake London. Why? Is he just the USC guy? You don't want another Nelson Aguilar? Is that it? No, you know, I'm not. I'm not that type of person. To nervous. be honest with you, yeah. no, I'm I, I'm I'm always not. I mean, again, that does make me kind of a little bit nervous, of course. Yeah. But that does. I'm not that type of person because Trent McDuffie, I love. He's one of my favorite corners in this class. So I know a lot of people are hating on him for that reason, but. When you can't make enough separation at the college level, you're not going to do it in the NFL. It's been proven routine time and time again. And if you struggle to win with the contested catches in college, which he hasn't, he hasn't been terrific, but he hasn't struggled with it. Uh, I'm worried that you bring it into the NFL, though, and you struggle with it with these physical imposing corners that the NFL has to offer. It's really tough. I mean, you saw what J.J. Sega White saw. He was the best contested catch, draft, uh, catcher, per, excuse me, receiver of that draft. Nowhere in the NFL has it shown that type of ability. That worries me. And I'm not saying Jake London is going to be bad. I just don't think – I don't want to give the Eagles that project again. They've already failed once with it. Get a guy who can prove you can get some separation because your quarterback needs that. Even if even if Hurts isn't the long-term answer, you're going to bring in a young quarterback no matter what to be your long-term answer. He's going to take some time to develop. Let a receiver that can get some space and separate be that guy for you. And I just don't want to be Drake London. Everybody else is fine with me, though. Yeah, I mean, he's got good size. But, I, you know, getting back to Burks, I really do like Traylon Burks. I mean, I think he's a guy, and he compared himself to Debo Samuel, just get the ball in his hands. I mean, that's the kind of playmaker he thinks he is. And, you know, watching some of his tape, 
Yeah, get the ball in his hands. He's a big 6'2", 230, 225-pound receiver, can run you over. Uh, very good at yards after catch if you get him the ball in space. Uh, does need to work on his route running. Uh, but, hey, Devontae Smith is great at running routes. I mean, he could teach him. Aaron Moorhead could teach him. But I love Burks a lot. But I just think Trey uh, Jamison Williams at 6'1 or 6'2 and, you know, a, a big target. He can run well. He, you know, comes from the Alabama program where Devontae Smith and him were uh, teammates at one point. Um, I, I just think that's going to be really tough to pass up, especially because you still have Jalen Rager, Zach Pascal. you signed. You're, you're okay at receiving. Jaylen you don't Rager, need to come in day one and say you're going to be the guy. You still work with what you have, integrate Pascal. You let Williams heal up his knee. And we all thought Dickerson was going to miss time with his knee. Right. And, and, you know, he answered the bell right away. I know it's a different position, offensive line versus receiver. Dickerson's injury was a little bit earlier than Williams's injury. So, you know, you're going to have to probably miss some games, but you don't know. I mean, he's 21, however old he is, he's going to heal quickly. Uh, and to me, it's a high risk, high reward situation with Jamison Williams. I would love for the Eagles to take him in the first round. But I'll say this, Connor, what, what this trade does, getting back to that, I think this takes the Eagles out of a quarterback situation in this draft. I don't think they're going to yes. take a quarterback anymore. I think no. they're going to take their – their quarterback next year, they're going to keep Gardner Minshew. I was working on a mock draft that had them trading Gardner Minshew to the Texans for the 108th pick, which is the early fourth round. I don't see that happening now. I think they're going to keep Minshew. They're going to keep Perch. They're going to keep developing Reed Sinnett. And in 2023, then they make a move for a quarterback wherever, whatever round they think they have to do it. If it's the first because Hertz was disappointing or if it's the third because Hertz had a good year and you just bring in another guy to kind of bring along, again, optionality. But I think what it does in 22, it takes him out of drafting a quarterback. Was Brandon Cooks a part of your trade scenario? No. Oh, sorry. Man. I had to turn a light on there. Yeah, Brandon Cooks is, was not. I, I, don't, I don't want Brandon Cooks. I you don't want Brandon Cooks? No, I would take A.J. Brown. I would take A.J. Brown in a minute. Anybody would. You'd be more – I mean, um, excuse me, not to say you would be, but anybody would be a moron not to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, he's an absolute yeah. freak of talent. And I don't think – there's receivers – because I, I see this argument as well. When people are saying, why why does everybody want the Eagles to make a move for a wide receiver when they don't when they don't have a quarterback established? That doesn't matter. Build, Build it, and they will come. Ever see a field of dreams? Build yeah. it, and they will come. If you build this offense, Russell Wilson's not going to turn you down next time. Yeah, that's the reason why he took Denver. They have everything in order. Yeah, yeah. Build it, and I, they will I see, come. I see this trade scenario pop, popping up here: trade for Sauce at ten and Burks at eighteen, and go edge in round two. I mean, that's certainly a possibility. And then you can get a safety in round three. I mean, they need a safety. To me, they have to get a safety. Um, but I like that. I mean, yeah, if you, if Sauce starts to slip, you know, get out the napkins, man, and start plan, planning to go get them. You know, move up and go get go get the sauce. Go grab your napkins, put the bib on, man. Let's get some let's get some sauce because I think he's the best cornerback in this draft and uh, by a lot. Uh, and he's got that length. He's got that attitude that you play with. You know, you might give up a play, but you know, you just forget about it and move on to the next one. If they find a way to get him. Man, that would be that would just make the whole draft. You you come out swinging like that, you move up, and if it only costs you your fifteen and a third, yeah, do it, man. Go get go get the sauce. Everybody's always asking about Tyron Matthew. 
I don't know what to tell him. He clearly just to ran Mateo. You mean? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to tell him though. Uh, Clearly, he's not getting an offer he wants or he would have signed. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I I think he's just looking for a better deal, and the Eagles aren't going to give him anything more than what they want to give him, which I think is a one-year deal. Um, So, you know, I think that that would be a great move if he comes on those terms. Sure. Go get him, but I still think you need to develop one uh, in your system, and that means you know spending some draft capital to go get one. Especially when you look at all the money that was given to safeties and free agency. I mean, Marcus Williams, Marcus May coming off an Achilles injury. I mean, these guys got yeah. these guys got big money. You got to go get one that you can control for three, four years at a relatively cheap salary, and let him get better within your system and. You know, there's good ones. I know. I think you had Jalen Petrie going, right, Connor? And yes, your mock I draft. Did. I mean, 51. I would love that pick. And yeah, like I said in there, he would be the most versatile player in that secondary. I would think if they take him, he would be the biggest impact in the Eagles secondary from a rookie in, yeah. since uh, I can't even go. Uh, I don't even know, man. Michael Lewis. I mean, Michael Lewis didn't even start when he was a rookie. So I don't know. It'd be a while. Maybe, they haven't really, yeah. you know, thrown rookies out there. I know Dawkins, but that's back. Ninety-six, yeah. and he still—it took him a little bit to get into his own too. So I mean, uh, he would just have a huge impact on the defense in that secondary uh, yeah. right off the bat, and that's because that's where the league is going with it. They want a guy that you can play in the nickel. They want a guy who can play in the box. I mean, they started with Malcolm Jenkins. They just haven't been able to replace it ever since uh, mm-hmm. since he's been that prime Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, I, you know, there's some there's some other good ones you could take too. Um, Petrie might be a good. He might still be there in the third round. I don't know, man. He's 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 pretty highly regarded. He's climbing up there. But. If they, I'm going to tell you right now, Ed, if the Eagles go corner in the first, and then I don't think the chat is going to like this. I don't think uh, many people are going to like this when they listen to the pod. I, I That Trent McDuffie hype that is around the Eagles I, is very real. Very real. I do think they would select him if they give him an opportunity to, just because you can play him at multiple positions, not just corner. Yeah. Um, I don't think yeah. that's what, people want to hear Stingley Jr. They want to hear Sauce. They want to hear Andrew Booth Jr., who I had in my original first mock draft. Uh, again, when I said this in the, I you know, it's funny because now a day later my mock went to crap. But when the Eagles preach confidence in some guys, I kind of do buy it at face value. I do think they want to see what they have in Zach McPherson and give him every opportunity to. If they drop the cornerback in the first round, I don't think they're going to be able to. I do think they want to see what they have in Tay Godwin. He was a part of that trade that helped facilitate that goes around Cardinals landing Zach Ertz from the Philadelphia Eagles who didn't really want to give up Zach Ertz for anything but a corner and a fifth-round pick. Kerry uh, Vincent Jr., too. They, they keep making sure that they brought him back. They wanted to make sure he was a part of the roster. They want to see what they have in these young guys at some point. If you draft a corner in the first round, you, you just further that away from seeing those guys. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. why I it's hard for me to think that they do actually go corner in the first round. But with, like I said, they had, they had Kobe Bryant on the, on the board in the 83rd pick. If he's there... You can't pass it up. You have to go your best player available route. And still, you don't have to throw him out there day one. You could say, hey, it's Zach's time right now. Slay's time is coming, is coming up. Develop for a little bit because we want to bring you guys along gradually now. I like the approach Jonathan Gannon's already doing with that. I, it works very well Jim Johnson. Hopefully, history repeats itself by not throwing these guys out to the dogs right away like they did under the Billy Davis, Jim Schwartz era. But let's sit in the, sit in the cross wings. Let's give these guys their time, see what we have in them. I know a lot of people aren't going to be excited about that. Yeah, Xavier Rhodes for a year, like I said in the article, or bring back um, 
Steven Nelson. I don't think they have a problem bringing back Steven Nelson. I thought he was very serviceable, serviceable for them last year. Uh, well, I know there's interest in Stefan Gilmore too. Um, there is, yeah, know, that is that is legit. There, there is there is interest on the Eagles' part in Stefan Gilmore, and you know his wife put it out there that they were interested. But that's real. I mean, you know they could bring if Steve again. Their Eagles are looking for one year deals at this point, and if Stefan Gilmore agrees to the one year deal, uh, you know if no one else is giving him more, then yeah, sure, bring him in, um, and do a one year prove it deal with him. Uh, so you know, but but again. The sauce is slipping, man. Go, he's to me. He's probably top one of the top ten players in this draft. Um, you know, maybe even top eight. And you know, if he's sitting there at eight or nine, and you're the Eagles, man, you're like, what can we do to go get him? I don't care about Tay Gowan and Kerry Vincent. And listen, I like it. You know, I, I like don't it. agree with it at all. I, I like Tay Gowan last year. If you would, you know, if we would have talked about this last year, some guys, I like Tay Gowan as a cornerback last year. He was good at UCF. I, I was surprised he lasted as long as he did. Um, but again, you know, you're talking about a 6'3". No, take the talent. Take the talent. Yeah, right. Like, I think that that's the biggest change in philosophy from this organization is they're not going to give huge leashes to guys just because of where they drafted. I think they're done with Jalen Rager. I don't think they're going to take the dead cat for Jalen Rager, but I don't. you're not going to see him out there starting next year. No way. No way. He'll be deaf. He has to prove it. I, I think he'll be behind Greg Ward, to be honest with you, Ed. I think he'll be wow. the fifth receiver. Wow. Okay. I don't think no, J.J. is going to be on the team. Yet. I think Rager will still, if he's still on the team, if he's not sure, I think he'll he'll have a role. He has you know? to have a big camp. The reason why I'm saying that is I am privy to this little information is that they said I'm down and said, you have to earn it now. Yeah. There are no free handouts. You have to earn this. And from what you're your guy to practice. I remember I think I remember you saying this, if I'm correct, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. At these practices, does Jalen Rager actually stand out to you at practice other than these clips that they've shown? Like it's I, I don't think it's been an everyday thing at practice. Has it been though? No, no. But you know, Devontae Smith didn't either. Smith was hurt most of training camp, and right. people forget that. But yeah, I mean he uh, you know, he was hurt. He didn't stand out, uh, you know, but no, he didn't. St- I mean, he made a few great highlight real. Well, what about his rookie year, too? I know he got hurt, yeah. but did he did he stand out his rookie camp before he got hurt? Uh, oh, you weren't even. I forgot that was during COVID. Yeah, I don't. So, I can't recall, to be honest. See, I don't think we were allowed to watch much or if we did, it was from afar. But yeah, I don't I don't remember him standing out. But, you know, again, he's first round pick. They still have him under their control. It's his third year. They're going to use him. And if they draft Williams. They're going to use him until Williams is healthy, and then we'll see where we are after a month. How Williams would fit if Jalen's not, you know, providing anything, uh, or uh, Zach Pascal isn't providing anything, then you know, then that's a, it's going to be a problem. But they're going to get a receiver, and they're going to work him in. But of course, Rager has to show what he has to do, and you know, I I know that they're probably hoping for a trade, you know, to get him out of this situation and maybe go to a team that you know can use him maybe in a different way. I just don't see it happening. I think they're just going to oh, keep riding him out there and and see what he can do. And knowing that they have Pascal, they have Williams, you know, still rehabbing if they draft him. Or Garrett Wilson comes you in. You sold yourself on that. You sold yourself on that. On what? Now we know where Ed's mock draft's going. You're, if you're watching the podcast now or you're going to listen to it tonight because I'm uploading it right away, you already know before you open this guy's mock draft <laughs> where he's going with that pick. It's obviously, hey, I'm all for it. Jamison Williams, bring him on to town. That's great. 
Team yeah. pair him back up with Devontae Smith. Let's have some fun. Yeah. When they even I, get their quarterback next year, too. Yeah. Well, you know, I can I can go ahead and give you my, you know, my mock draft. I mean, you know, don't I don't spoil the whole entire thing. At least I, I, well, my first two rounds. I mean, I, I'm still kind of hashing out that 15 pick, and you know, I think they could possibly trade up, but you know, I could see them taking a defensive tackle, and Jordan Davis is probably the best one, right? Probably won't be there, but if he is, it's Jordan Davis. If he's not, it's probably his teammate Devontae Wyatt. And man, I I love Jamison Williams. Um, I just think that he's his upside and what he can bring to this team after a month or so of rehabbing and a year to kind of get acclimated to the NFL. And in 23, he's ready to take off when this Eagles team might be ready to take off and make a real, you know, legitimate playoff push to the Super Bowl. I think it's too hard to pass up on him. And I think you go safety in the second round with that 51st pick. And then I think maybe they trade back up with two of those thirds and three of those fifths. Now, maybe you can. All right, I gotta ask, out. what's this, who's the safety? To, uh, my safety would be Jaquan Brisker from Penn State at fifty-one at this point. I think it might be a little high for Petrie at that point. Maybe not. I mean, he is climbing the boards, but I like Jaquan Jaquan Brisker a lot too. I think he's got a lot of speed, uh, and I think you can play him interchangeably. You can play him close to the line. He can tackle, or you can play him back over the top if you need him. So I like Brisker a little better than Petrie. I'd probably take Brisker at that pick. And I also like a tight end in the third round. Uh, I like that kid, Charlie Kohler, from Iowa State. I think he'll be in that 101 range. I think the Eagles are looking for a tight end to pair with mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard. So, yeah, that that's wow. kind of, you know, the bare bones of my mock draft right there, Connor, to spoil uh, the story that's going to hit this hit, hit uh, SI.com. Oh, there's still some more picks to go. Tuesday. Yeah. There's still some more picks to go. You're good. Yep, I, uh, and then you got to figure an edge rusher in there somewhere too. And there's some good ones late. I like the Nick Benito kid from Oklahoma. I think he could be, yeah. in, you know, in that third round mix. I like this kid from Mississippi, Sam Williams, a lot. Um, you know, I, I think those guys. Uh, it, it's a very deep class in edge rushers. If you don't get one in the first round, you don't get one in the second round. There's going to be somebody there, I think, in the third round, and it could be Benito, it could be Sam Williams, uh, and then you take the tight end. Comment on the chat says. Fire Harry Roseman. Why? For a good reason. I want to hear why. Hey, Jobber Man, Hebo Brisker is my guy. Uh, do you think Brisker's really going to be there at 51, though? Why? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's a chance he could be. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, yeah, because the NFL does devalue safeties for some yeah. reason. They depend so much on them to yeah. do different hats, wear different positions, but uh, they do devalue them because Kyle Hamilton's probably going to drop too. But I, you know, I don't hate yeah. it. I'll take Brisker. That's fine. Yeah, I, I like Brisker. I just think he's a little taller, too. I mean, that's the one thing about uh, Petrie is he's, I think, 5'11", but that's okay. I mean, you know, he doesn't have to be 6'2", or anything like that, but um, I just like him a little better than Petrie. I, I do. I mean, but there there are options there at safety. Um, I like the kid from Georgia, Lewis uh, Seen. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not sure he'll be there at 51, but, no. you know, those are those are good uh, good picks there at 51, and I think that's where they're going to go. In the second round, is that safety? No, I would hope. To me, the resigning of Derek Barnett signals we're not going to get the edge we want at there in our pick range. We're just not not going to happen. Uh, so they bring back Derek Barnett on a two-year deal, insurance, just like the Eagles always do. Add their insurance policy. Uh, if they have, or I would still imagine they take an edge in this draft. Yeah. I'm praying they move up and try to get like a Bo Mafe, like I had in that mock. I mean, yeah, that's a guy who's going to the end of the first round. Yeah, early I see second a lot round. Of first round buzz on Mafe. 
I gotta find some kind of edge rusher to have some kind of insurance. I mean, Taron Jackson just showed a little bit, but I mean, a deaf guy. Uh, Terry Barnett's not a starter. I don't think. I th- I think you hit the nail on the head when we talked about Derek Barnett, uh, the contract year, and this is what he proven. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I he's, they're, he's they're gonna take an edge, and I think if if Jermaine Johnson's not there at fifteen or Georgia. Carlaftis, and I'm not sure how high they are on Carlaftis, or if he would even be the pick at 15 if he was still there. A little undersized, good motor though, but I'm just not sold on him. I don't think the Eagles are either, but um, you know, then you're looking at, you know, that second tier of, you know, maybe Arnold Ekabidi from Penn State. I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but you know who I mean, right? I'm going to ask you, maybe you take, if you're having this thought about, again, two different injuries, very two different injuries. Uh, the Eagles dealt with this before and it didn't work out. But what about David Ajabo? David Ajabo, yeah. If you take Williams, though, and then, you know, then you're taking two injured guys, Ajabo, who I don't think you're going to see. I don't think he's going to play at all as a rookie. No, um, no, not the Achilles, no. No, I mean, we saw Sidney Jones tear his Achilles at his pro day, and he – was able to play the the final regular season game of his rookie year. And that was only because it was meaningless. Mm-hmm. You know, they were playing the Cowboys and the Eagles already had the one seed wrapped up, but that's how long it took him to recover from the Achilles. And that was at his pro day, just like a job who did his, at his pro day. So really you're looking at, he's sitting out the whole year. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that needs to be developed in the first place. So now you're looking at year two of him developing him on the field. Um, I'm not taking him in the first round, but if no, I know if he's there at 51, then sure, you you probably have to take a. Serious. I have to think about it. I definitely have to think about it for sure. I would I would probably do it because I'd rather take the risk on being wrong about an edge rusher than I would uh, trying to settle on a guy that I don't believe is going to be as good as him. I think the Eagles would do it if they can get back into the second round, if they can take some of this draft collateral and find a, a, you know, a dance partner and get back into like the 60 to 65 range in the second round. I don't know who's picking there, but you know, then, okay, then you can couch your bets on a job. but you still need to come out of this draft with somebody that can help you right away, especially if Williams is a pick in the first round, he's not, you know, he's going to be a month, five weeks before he can help you. Um, You know, Wyatt, He'll be a rotational guy if he's the guy at you know that they take. Same with Davis. Any D, D tackle they take is going to be a rotational guy. I think you need to come out of this draft uh, with you know uh, like the Eagles did last year, two guaranteed starters: Devonte Smith, Landon Dickerson. I think you need to find two starters to come out of this draft. And I don't know what round they're going to come in, but I think if you find a safety in the second round, he's your starter. And then, you know, maybe you find uh, like an edge rusher that can become a starter as the season goes on when Derek Barnett continues to pile up penalties and those sacks. You know, then he finds, a, you know, a, a, his rotation cut back to 25 snaps and whoever they draft, the Nick Benito, who I love, Sam Williams, I like a lot. Um, you could get those guys in the third round. Maybe they become starters. Yeah, I could definitely see that for sure. Um yeah. What a what a great day! Yeah, it was uh, yeah like like you said these dra- these trades how he makes they just are like thunderbolts out of a clear blue sky you don't see them coming and bam here we are talking about it it's, makes the draft even more exciting now, um, and I and I can't wait to see what they do if they move up, uh, and, and what they what they do I mean it's uh, 
It's interesting, you know, and John McMullen wrote about this today. We learned that the Eagles, one of their visits is going to be with uh, Marcus Jones, a, uh, a punt returner from the University of Houston. Mm-hmm. I mean, he makes sense in the seventh round, you know. The returner. Yeah, the punt returner. That's a position that needs to be upgraded. I know it's a luxury item on some teams and say what you want about special teams. The opportunities to return kicks and punts isn't what it was, but you still have to have a guy ready to provide some juice when the opportunity's there. And, you know, obviously Rager struggled with his decision-making at some points, didn't really, you know, do it enough to in college, I don't think. But this kid, Marcus Jones, he's only 5'8". He's a slot cornerback by trade. Um, but, you know, again, options. They have more options now, the Eagles. They can go and try to find a, uh, a guy like Marcus Jones. Five interceptions his senior year at Houston, so he can give you something in the slot if needed. But the Eagles have a lot of slot guys, too. Josiah Scott, you know, maybe Kerry Vincent, uh, you know, obviously Abante Maddox is your stud, um, but, you know, someone to keep an eye on too in the draft. So, you know, it's, it's exciting and it's, and it's almost here. To me, the Eagles weren't ready to say goodbye to Fletcher Cox, nor was he ready to say leave Philadelphia. Uh, he's going off two of the worst seasons of his career. Uh, the Eagles, I don't think had a solid plan yet in place to replace him. Uh, they knew they were going to clearly that move had to be made at four, four o'clock that day to release him uh, to get out of that contract and, and make it work again. But the plan always was to bring him back or they would have made, you know, a huge spiel about thank you, Fletcher Cox. Congratulating Fletcher Cox as a player. They never did that because they knew they were going to bring him back. So I don't think they're ready to say goodbye. And likewise for Fletcher Cox, but they, this opportunity to either get Jordan Davis or Devontae Wyatt, I think they'd rather have the guy ready in the wings, like I said in the mock draft, like they did when they took Fletcher Cox. You know, they had Colin Jenkins that they gave huge money to. They knew the right was on the wall with him soon, but they had Mike Patterson in place. Uh, they, I mean, they couldn't pass up on the talent Fletcher Cox was because they knew he was going to be the future of that interior line, which he was. I think they want to find that type of guy again and make him stay for 10 years plus, just like Fletcher Cox. So, I think they would rather draft that guy one year too early rather than one year too late. And I don't blame them, especially when both those defensive tackles, they have to pay both of them, hit their 30s right right as soon as they had to pay in this offseason. So right. uh, to me, I think that's the reason why Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt are so much in play uh, when it comes to those Eagles first-round picks where, where fans would say, no, I don't want to take that position. Uh, Fletcher Cox and his dominance – you know, Corey Simon and his dominance. All these guys that the Eagles have had interior-wise. Yeah, Mike been, Patterson was a Mike first Patterson, he was great, yes. Colin yeah. Jenkins was great, too. I mean, I, I, it was pretty in the Dream Team era, but he, he did what he was supposed to do. Uh, they like having those interior presence that dominate. And Fletcher Cox has been yeah. huge for the defense, whether it's a 3-4 or 4-3. So yeah. I think that's what they want to continue that tradition. That's how he's philosophy. And like I, I just think they'd rather have his replacement in place one year too early rather than one year too late. This is a great question of the show real quick, though. If they draft Ed Drescher round one or two, I wonder if they move BG inside a lot more. I mean, I think that's already on the table as is if he comes back healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I think BG will see more interior snaps this year for sure. Um, They'll move him in and out, but he's most effective, I think, outside. But, yeah, I think moving him inside could help. uh, Takes advantage of the guards that can't handle yeah, the quickness. Yeah. 
Do you think the Eagles take that punter with one of the uh, fifth rounder, five rounder? I don't know, man. I don't think they're going to draft a punter. That's just not how he's saying. I think they'd rather just get an undrafted free agent guy and make it work with him. I had this discussion on Twitter earlier today, and I actually went back and looked at how many times the Eagles have taken a punter. And I, I went back to 1994, and they that yeah. was the last time they drafted a punter. Mitch Berger in the sixth round from Colorado. I don't know. He had a long career. Did he? I know who Mitch Berger is. Yeah, he played, he played yeah. for the Saints. I okay. just, you know, I play Madden too much, man. That's how I remember this stuff. You just see all these rosters on Madden and just remember them over time. Yeah. But I think yeah. they, I think they bring in an undrafted free agent. I don't think they take a a, a punter. Uh, I they hope just... they do, man. We fall for names. I know Matt Reza from Arizona State is a is a freaking like, like. Yeah. I mean, I'm not drafting a punter. Well, you know who else they took? They, they took Pumpy Tutors. Remember the immortal Pumpy Tutors no, uh, in 1992 when the draft was. 12 Sorry, rounds, man. they took Pumpy Tutors in the 11th round out of uh, Chattanooga. Um, and then someone sent me uh, an old file that, you know, I guess he got in some trouble as a Tennessee State Trooper. Um, but anyway, Pumpy Tutors and Mitch Berger, they were the two last punters that the Eagles drafted, and that was in the 90s. So I think it's a long shot for them to take a punter. I think they're, you know, Aaron Sippus needed to work on things late. He did not punt well after. Oh, he's awful. Half. That's and what the maybe they bring in an undrafted guy. Um, yeah, Sippus choking. Yeah, I mean, Sippus yeah. really did struggle late in the season, you know, half, after the halfway point, really. But, you know, maybe they bring him back. They bring in somebody to compete with. They absolutely have to bring somebody in to compete with him. They haven't done that with their kickers in the last couple of years, but this is the year they really need to do it. Real quick, before we wrap the show up, are you allowed to say what is happening tomorrow with the Eagles? Or is that still um, disclosed to just media? Well, I mean, it's, you know, they're – they don't like you to reveal this stuff, but, you know, we're supposed to get Kaiser White uh, talking to us on Tuesday. Now, that could change. It hasn't been firmed up at all. Um, you know, nothing has been really officially announced, but that's kind of what, you know, we've been led to believe is that Kaiser White will be available. That, of course, is the linebacker they signed. Listen, I think the Eagles did a good job in the offseason. With, with I have loved this offseason. Um, I how people you know, talk now about you throw this, in this trade and that's what brought us together for this emergency pod was the trade and that and now you factor that into the signings that they made and i don't see how you can be disappointed i really don't oh i love this offseason i think it's gone great yeah. adding hassan reddick has put me over the moon just the fact that you have a d- double digit uh edge rushing threat just off the bat with that now you make this trade in there zach pascal is a sturdy wide receiver not going to be elite not going to be superstar not going to be calvin ridley unfortunately as much as i'm gonna pound my head on the ball for that mm-hmm. but he's still gonna be a sturdy guy when you only had a couple sturdy guys as is yep. uh i all they're gonna do, they're gonna do something at safety i know it they're gonna at some point either tyron matthew's gonna cave i don't know if he's gonna be with the eagles but he's gonna make the rest of the safety market move because uh or they're gonna draft the guy i mean the draft the rookie's gonna be great as well I'm, either way I'm completely fine this offseason, and this draft trade just put the icing on the cake for me. It's been it's been a good offseason. I know I wrote in the mock draft that uh, this offseason has been a disappointment, but not to me. It's been a disappointment to the fans. Uh, I, I'm perfectly fine. I think it's been a great one. How he's sitting back and not panicking for once. Yeah, right, right. They're play, They're trusting their process to the, this draft philosophy process of bringing in guys that they can think are be long-term starters for this team, regardless of the positions. And yeah. I, I respect it. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, you sign a corner. I can definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah. I mean, and Gilmore, I think, would be the guy at this point, unless someone else snaps him oh, up. That'd but be I think, great. 
I think if you put, you know, priority list at corner, I think Rhodes is probably 1A right behind Gilmore and then maybe Nelson. But <clears throat> it's just weird how the marketplace doesn't develop for a guy like Steven Nelson, who was adequate last year. I didn't think he had too many bad games and really stacked more good plays than bad. The best Eagles cornerback, too, since yeah. Sheldon. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's been to the playoffs six out of seven years, so he knows how to, you know, play when the, you know, the money games. As that is. So, um, yeah, I, but yeah, I think they bring in a veteran there or they go get sauce, man. Just, and that's one of the starters right out of the gate. You have to, if you take a corner to the top 10, you got to start him. Yeah. Talking two starters, if they go get sauce at 10, 11, wherever, uh, he's one of those starters, no doubt. Have you planned your questions for Kaiser White yet? If you called upon, I was processing the trade. I was, you know, sitting there reading a book. And, uh, you know, trying to get some downtime and, you know, the trade comes over and it's, you know, you snap right into action. So, no, I haven't uh, planned any questions for Kaiser. White. I'm I'm yeah. assuming this. I would like it if there's some clarification for this. I'm sure that everybody else would as well. I wonder if he's going to compete with Davion Taylor for the wool position because the mic is TJ Edwards. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Sam you know, is Reddick. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing Kaiser White is going to compete with Davion, as he should, because I think a lot of fans are giving Davion Taylor a little too much leeway because he was a little fast. He was on the field for like 230 some snaps and he missed eight tackles. That's very bad. That's very yeah, bad. Well, That's worse than Alex Singleton. He's a, the guy that needs to develop. I mean, he does. He's, you know, he's. So I'm not gonna. I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna give up on him yet. Fast. Yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, he's he's gonna Kaiser White's gonna see the field now. He's. You know, he'll get asked that, but he won't answer. I mean, they, 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 you know, they haven't talked about any role for any of these guys. You know, all of them were asked that during the pressers and free agency, and none of them, you know, well, they just got here. We're still figuring that out. Nobody's going to say, yeah, I've been told I'm going to be the starter. Nobody's going to say that. I mean, hate to break it to you folks, so they're done at linebacker, though. They're not drafting one in the first two days of the draft. No way. No. No, TJ Edwards, they're going to give every opportunity to. They like him a lot. They gave him that one-year proven extension. Uh, towards the end of last season after how he was playing for a reason. Kaiser White, they're going to give him every opportunity to be the will, I would imagine, or David, against Davion Taylor, who they still want to see what they can get out of. Uh, and Reddick's the Sam. They're not going to linebacker in this draft in the first two days, folks. Don't don't get your hopes up there. Don't expect that. It's not going to happen. As much as I would love Devin Lloyd, as much as we talked about how much we love Devin Lloyd, I just don't see it happening now. I think they're set at linebacker. In their Bradley still there. He was a Pro Bowl alternate last year on special teams. I mean, you could use some depth though. I could see him going third round with a linebacker, especially if they have ten picks. You know, you're gonna you're gonna try to add depth at certain spots, and linebackers are typically special teams guys. So if you can find one that can help out on special teams, I could see them taking well, somebody. Damone Clark, take the. That's why I said take the flyer on him. Yeah, because he could instantly be the most talented linebacker on your team when he returns healthy. Yeah, that's the big concern. I'm not. I, I heard, if you can get him in the, the day three, I would take the risk. I haven't heard good reports about his medicals. I'm not sure he's going to be able to return at 100 percent if he returns at all. I mean, that's a pretty serious back injury he had. And I know Dennis Kelly went through it. You know, he had back surgery and he went on to have a productive career after the Eagles traded him to the Titans. I still remember watching him hobble around after his surgery and it was a great guy, Dennis Kelly. But I didn't even try to him in the fifth round too. Yeah, he didn't even go to the combine. He was out of Purdue, but yeah, yeah but a different again, different right. position. Right. Um, you know, linebacker, you have to be able to flow and move and you know juke and get around tackle or, or blockers. And 
um, make tackles. So I, I you know, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, yeah, he'd be a great pick if he, if there was a guarantee form, right. he could come back, but I, you know, I've heard different things about his medicals and it's going to, I think it's going to be tough for him to be the player he was because of that back injury. All right, guys, we appreciate you so much for tuning in again. You can find my mock draft, which is kind of screwed up now, but you can I still agree with my first couple picks. I still, I know they're not going to have 39 from the pairs now, but uh, the first three picks outside of Bo Mave, I can definitely still see happening. That is Garrett Wilson, uh, Devontae Wyatt, and Jalen Petrie. I can still see those three picks happening. And the Eagles have shown a lot of interest in Jalen Petrie as well. So I think that's definitely, it's good to see these type of guys that they are looking at their secondary wise. Yeah. Um, Sauce, Trent McDuffie Jr., Jalen Petrie, Jacob Brisker. Just to see the, the major interest shown in those guys by the Eagles is, uh, very encouraging because they need those type of defensive backs going further in the future. I'm a big fan of that as well. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Ed's drop tomorrow. Yeah, probably tomorrow. Uh, we have reaction, you know, John McMullen wrote a reactionary piece to this trade today. Um, he hasn't dropped yet. So that'll probably be later on Monday night, but uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we got you covered, man. We have all the bases covered from now leading right up to the draft. So, you know, hit us up si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles or at uh, eaglemaven.com And, you know, uh, Eagles today. yeah, Eagles. Yeah. We're Eagles today now, but the website is still eaglemaven.com. Um, Yeah. Connor posts, you know, he's got stuff riding there live. I post stuff, John McMullen. So, you know, we, we try to keep it covered as best we can. And the podcast will be back as is regular programming. We just had to do an emergency episode because this trade was freaking bonkers. Yes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, though. Appreciate all the questions in the chat. You guys are the best. We'll see you all soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.